Welcome to another edition of Step to the Mic Podcast. Uh, it's Monica McNutt. This week, driving the combo solo, but I'm thrilled because this co- week's conversation taps into my blue and gray blood that I bleed so proudly from my days up at Georgetown, the wonderful hill- hilltop. Our guest today is the one and only currently the head coach of the Georgetown men's basketball squad, but you might know him from his NBA days. Greatest Nick of all time, arguably, for sure. Uh, Patrick Ewing, coach, thanks for joining me. Hey, it's great to be on from one Hoya to another. It's always great. It's always love. I love I, what we I, I love that. I love that shirt as well. You know, I just well, felt like it was a good day to bring this one out. <laughs> all right, coach, so you made headlines. Man, time is all off since we've been all in our quarantine pandemic energy but you made headlines i want to say in april ish because we heard that may. you may. was it may? okay yeah. we yeah. heard that you tested positive for the virus we're so thrilled that you are healthy and well but just give us the timeline and what that was like coach um it was rough uh, i called it like i said uh, around may i uh, wasn't feeling well i uh, felt like i was coming out with a cold um but it kept progressively got getting worse so when I reached out to our team doctor, she, she said, uh, let's get you tested. Um, so went and got tested and came back that I, I, I tested positive. So I went to the hospital. Um, they gave me IV. I didn't, stay, I didn't stay long that day. Gave me IV and then I was able to leave. But when I came back home over the next couple, the next couple of days, you know, um, my breathing, I could, it was hard to breathe. Uh, just didn't feel myself, so I went back to the emergency room. They checked me in. I stayed there for about four or five days. Um, you know, gave me treatment, gave me IV, kept you know, uh, make sure they kept a, a good eye on me. Once I started to feel better, then um, they, you know, I was released. But you know, with, with COVID, uh, it's not only affects you mentally, it also affects you physically. I mean, not only physically, but also mentally. So it took me about another month to really start to feel myself again. Um, but I feel feel myself uh, now. Uh, I'm blessed to be to be uh, to be cured, or or you know, I've kicked the kicked it so far. And my my I have younger kids, and they also had it. So you know, all of us uh, are feeling much better. Man, Coach, well, again, we are glad that you are feeling much better um, and on the up and up. But you now have this very personal relationship with this virus. You also (laughs) are tasked with coaching a squad of young men, 18 to 23-year-olds. What are you saying to your players as you guys look to navigate whatever 2020 is going to look like? Well, you know, we are uh, the the first of all, all we can do is Zoom, Zoom call, you know, uh, they're not allowed to come back on campuses yet. So we, we do book, uh, Zoom calls. We, we uh, watch uh, film on Zoom. We talk to them about social issues on Zoom. You know, talk to them about making sure that they're staying safe. Um, you know, we're gonna have a Zoom call this week. Uh, the doctor's gonna talk to, the, to, to them, telling them about, you know, what they need to do, what they continue to need to do. And, you know, we're not sure when, when and if, they're going to be allowed to come back. So trying to prepare them for all of that as well. You mentioned part of those Zoom calls is not just safety in the era of COVID, but also 2020, the nation's, we'll call it wokeness in regards to the social injustices. But coach, 
not only do you did you were the not only were you one of the first players to really shake up and challenge what people thought um, Biggie's basketball looked like, but you dealt with this as a kid coming here from Jamaica through the course of your career, and now you're in a position of leadership. I keep saying to people, while I appreciate that we're having these conversations, this stuff is not new for Black folks in America, right? right. Um, right. So as you have taken it all in, as a Black man first, for you, what is 2020 kind of represented? Well, um, I, I think, you know, you have the pandemic, uh, and that, you know, still going on. You know, so uh, that was horrible. But I think that the fact that everyone, not only Blacks, but Blacks, White, Hispanic, everyone has, has, has seen, uh, you know, all the negative things that have been happening in this country, in this world to Black people. And everyone is out, everyone saw it. They, they came out in, in droves and protested, some of it peaceful, some of, some of it violent. Um, but it, it, it has to be a change. I think that the fact that uh, the, the athlete of today is, is stepping up and, and speaking out, I think is a great thing. They have a platform and they're using their platform to, to, to try to make changes or get changes. We've seen now a couple different coaches sort of put their foot in their mouths in terms of not understanding their role and like you said the current crop of athletes so what are those conversations like with your players trying to get them to understand trying to get them to some of them to to speak up you know uh, some of them are 17 18 so they want to stay in, the, in, in a lot of them want to stay in the side and in, in the sidelines and and just listen and i'm trying to get them to 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 talk about you know the things that's going on george uh I'm not sure if you're aware of that, but Georgetown, all the, the, the black athletes at Georgetown, they, they've started a group and I, you know, trying to get my guys to, to get involved in it, you know. Uh, there are negative things that happen everywhere. At Georgetown, you know, even when I went there, there were people that didn't think that we belonged there. So they have to speak up and, and, and fight for their, for their rights and I'm trying to get my guys to do the same thing. They have to speak up, they have to talk up, they have to get involved. For sure. And I, Lee Reed, our AD, is doing a great job in terms of encouraging those athletes, not just the basketball players, to All use right. their voice. And I think that part is so important because you're right. If your coach doesn't say to you, hey, you need to use your voice, it's easy for us to just fall back in. Or I'm just trying to graduate and win some games. Like, it's easy to sort of compartmentalize, especially on the hilltop, because while Georgetown is not perfect, it's not a Southern school where you're dealing with crazy slurs maybe being hurled at you by fans. Um, so it's easy to kind of shrink away from it. Well, you know, I, I was blessed that, you know, I had Coach Thompson when I went here. Um, you know, he took a lot of the heat for me. He, and not only me, but also, you know, everyone else on the team. Um, he's always fought for, for injustice and, you know, all the things that has happened in, in, in his past and that was going on when I was, here, when I was there. So, you know, I was fortunate enough to have a person to, to, to look up to and, and emulate and try to do the, the same things that he did. Is he giving you advice now? Because you're right. He was like one of the biggest coaches that's speaking out. Uh, yeah, he does give me advice now. You know, he's always, he's always, you know, at first we started as, as player coach, but over the years we, we've become, he's been a mentor to me. Uh, even when I was back in the NBA, he was always there for, for me to pick up the phone and call and things. Uh, both uh, 
you know, as a, uh, you know, as a player and also, you know, as a, as a human that, as a human, that human that was going on in my life. Yeah, for sure. We come, listen, I don't know if you, you probably don't know this coach. Um, and I want to call you big Pat Cause that's what I used to call you. Because uh, yeah. Pat was little Pat. <laughs> um, uh, uh, <laughs> that's I, honestly, I keep having to like catch myself. Um, on my official visit, I swear to you, coach, like they took me to big John's office. We had this conversation and he asked me, what did I want to get out of school? And I don't remember what I said, but I just remember being so in awe of him. Like John Thompson is talking to me, like recruiting me to come to the school. And I left and I was like, dad, I want to go. Like, we're going, we're going to do that. And he was like, okay. Yeah, that's, that's the same way I felt when he uh, came to Boston to, to recruit me. Just sitting uh, in the room with my mom and dad and just hearing how he spoke you know, uh, with class, it was ele ele uh, elegant, um, you know, just made me say, look, this is the place I wanted, uh, wanted to be. This is a person that I want to try to be like when I grow up. Yeah, and he's all the class, elegance, also very straightforward, which I think as athletes, we appreciate. Help me get better. Keep it on. Keep it on. Very right. Before we turn the page to some lighter things, I do know that Georgetown put together a fantastic Black Lives Matter video, Coach. And I know we're talking about you encouraging your players. But from where you sit, being not only the premier representative of the Hilltop as the basketball coach, but your legacy there as well, um, what are you encouraged by that you are seeing happening on campus or within athletics as far as Georgetown is concerned? Just, just the fact that we touched on a little bit that, you know, all the, men, all the Black students are, are, are coming together not just basketball, uh, men or women basketball, but all of them, track, uh, every black athlete that's on, on that campus, uh, they're coming together, they're, they're, they're understanding that they all have a voice, they all have a platform, and the things that they see or feel is, is, be, is, is, in, is uh, not right, they're speaking up about it, and I think the university is doing an outstanding job of, of giving them uh, the platform to, to voice their opinions. We love to see that. All right, so 2020 on the NBA front, Coach, has forced the bubble. First of all, would you, if this had happened in your heyday, you, would you have played? Would you have gone? Would you have opted out? I think I would have played. Okay. You know, um, everyone, you know, as a person who's tried to win a championship, uh, was able to get to the final once uh, I was able to play and the other time I was hurt. You know, you only get so many opportunities to, to try to win a championship. And, you know, I think the NBA is doing an outstanding job of trying to keep uh, those guys safe by, by keeping them away from everybody else and making sure that anybody who comes in, uh, you know, they, they quarantine and do it, take all the right uh, steps to, to be safe. Um, you know, I think it's great. Will this year's champion, will the title have an asterisk for it by you? No. No, okay. Uh, just like um, I forgot what year that was when we uh, we played against the Spurs. That was the the, the first year uh, the Spurs championship. Mm -hmm. Is there actually uh, uh, with that? No. I you just know. want you to know you made me feel real smart because that has been my argument too. I'm like, this is fun for us to say it while it's happening, but. Whether you look at 99 or even, I think, 2012, nobody goes back and says there's an asterisk next to that season, oh, except maybe the team that played. They won. They right. won. All right. So, okay. So, if you were in the bubble, Coach, 
there's so much said about today's NBA and the camaraderie versus your NBA and the competitiveness. Not that you guys didn't have camaraderie, but it was, it was not team up basketball the way it is now. One of the storylines is everybody is trying to see what super team is going to be birthed out of the bubble. If you guys were put in the bubble, do you see a world where y'all are hanging out playing ping pong and fishing together? Or would it be very much you hang with your team, we still out here to, to give these dudes these L's and send them home? I think I'd be still hanging out with my team, but there are other players that I, uh, I, w- I was always friends with. Um, so I would definitely hang out with them. Um, but when, the time, when it came time to, to get on the court, it was all about business. You know, mm-hmm. take, for instance, Alonzo Mourning and, and Dikembe, or even Michael, you know, we're all friends. Uh, but when it came time to, to get on the court and get to business, that's what we did. I can still remember my jaw still hurts from the Kembe giving me an elbow uh, and then tell me, uh, why did you put your face in my elbow? So, you know, we had great friendships, but also when we were that competitive that when we, when we stepped on the court, it was all about business. You have done it, played basketball at every level, been very successful at it, coached that. What coach is probably the piece of what the NBA is doing and the sacrifices that the players are making right now that fans at home maybe don't quite grasp. We just see a really cool product that the NBA has put on. That's a huge sacrifice. They're away from their family. I think that's the biggest sacrifice. You know, um, you know, if, they, if they're at home, they're, if, they're, if they're at a good day or a bad day, they always could, they have their, their, their significant other there or their mother and father that they could, you know, who are probably in the same town they can go and talk to. Now they have to pick up a phone, they have to FaceTime. So, you know, I think that's the biggest uh, adjustment in, in, in my opinion. But then also, you know, they're just trying to be safe. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think the whole world needs to, uh, to think about that and, and be safe. Look, I, I'm tired of being at home. I'm tired, of, I'm tired of sitting in this house or going into the backyard uh, or sitting in the front of the house. I, I'm tired of all of that. You know, I'm ready to get back on the campus, ready to get back to work. But we also have to be safe. Yeah, yeah. And it, it, I think um, our mentality as, like, athletes and understanding team, I would, I think that you're more inclined to understand sacrificing for the greater good right. as opposed to folks that are just out here. Like, Coach, it is mind-blowing to me that masks have become political. Like, this is about safety. What is wrong with y'all? Right. That is crazy. Um, you know, and as a person who were do what I was doing all the right things, I was wearing my mask and you know, I was even wearing gloves and I still caught it. So you just have to be careful. You know, you have to, you know, make sure you're washing your hands, doing all the things that you're supposed to do. And you know, socially distance. Um, you get tired of of, uh, of just sitting at home, but you know, for the long haul, you, you, you have to do all the right things to make sure everybody stays safe. And you, uh, not only you stay safe, but your, your friends and family. Yeah, for sure. All right, we're going to wind this thing down, Coach, because you've been so gracious with your time. But before I let you go, I got two more. One, I need you to put on your analyst cap. I need <laughs> you to give me your finals prediction for this NBA season. It's really hard to say. Um, it, you know, I've been watching it a little bit, but not a lot. Okay. Uh, um, the Lakers have been have looked have looked great. Um, you know, uh, Milwaukee, they look great, and everybody's saying the Lakers and Milwaukee, the Clippers, they're still trying to you know fine tune to get themselves back. You know, but 
Toronto uh, surprised me because I thought that, uh, you know, with, with Kawhi not being there, they weren't going to be as great, but they're playing extremely well. Siakam and, you know, he's, he's taking that next step. Lowry is doing his thing. So it's hard to say. So I, I, I'm going I'm to flip a coin and say maybe the Lakers and, and, and Milwaukee. Okay. All right. That's not, that's not too wild, but I do understand <laughs> um, some things could, it's, the level of competition, and I, I think Toronto is a surprising dark horse at this point. But um, I, I, but you know what? On that note, I know you probably haven't been watching a ton because you also are still recruiting. What does recruiting look like right now? Just like this, virtual. Everything is virtual. Um, you know, watching film. You know, uh, Zoom calls. Uh, everything is 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 right here in, in my office, right here on on the Zoom, calling everybody, trying to. You know, put my Georgetown shirt on, smile in my Georgetown hat, uh, trying to sell myself and also uh, the university and also D.C. D.C. is a great city to sell. You know, it's a great city. Uh, you know, it's the nation's capital. So, uh, you know, it's it, it is what it is. We're doing our best. Uh, right. So right now, we've been uh, things are going well. Uh, we're all done it for 20 uh, for 2020, uh, we've already gotten a few commitments for 2021. So things are things are, are, are looking well, and uh, we're just gonna just gonna, going to continue uh, the process until we're able to get out on the road and uh, get out there and see kids. Well, I, listen, you got to continue that process. We got to continue to stay home, socially distance, wash <laughs> our hands. I tell you what, 2020 has really been a year for us all to grow in patience and consistency. <laughs> Yes, they said patience is the virtue. Now, I, I wasn't a big fan of that, but I have you have to be in this in, in 2020. 100%. All right, Coach. Well, we certainly, of course, wish you continued health and success. Um, we're excited to see what you got planned up at the Hilltop with the men's basketball program when things return to action. Um, you stay safe, your family stay safe, the team stay safe. Thank you so much for your time this morning. My pleasure. You, you do the same, please. Thank you.